Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Jackson, here's the deal. An hour ain't going to be enough today. And I don't know what to do about it, but it's just not. I hear you. But you got to get down to Columbia. I'm not going until tomorrow morning. Still got to get down to Columbia. Yeah, it's true. Thank you. Uh, we're fresh off of a TMA, as I was just telling Kerry Davis and Matt Rocchio, uh, as Jim Nance would say, for the ages. Uh, Jackson's roommate in Jamaica, Lisa Ann, taking Ken Strode to task in a way that has left the members of the show shook. Yeah, uh, It's recommended viewing. YouTube.com slash TMASTL. Uh Approximately 9 a.m. to 9.20. Oh, my. Yeah, she had, uh, she had some things to say. So I was already still carrying that over. Yeah. And then I'm talking to Carrie and Rocchio about that. I'm still trying to sell Carrie on these Missouri Tigers. Right. And he ain't buying. No, he's not. And then Rocchio goes, oh, by the way, we had Polo on and asked him about Yachty or Molina. And I got the audio in the system for you, boys. Here it is. And I think the chances of Yadi being here in 2024 are really, really high. They are really, really, really high. Again, what is he going to do? I don't know yet. We don't know yet. But 2024, if you, if you, if I was a betting man and if I was in Vegas right now, I'll put money down that he's going to be here in 2024 doing something with the Cardinals as a coach. I believe there was a follow-up question. I'm not chat. This isn't me being passive aggressive. I don't care. I'm just because Rocchio said. Then they asked him his level of confidence, and he said an 11. And they said no, make it a 15. I believe that's what Rocchio told me. He said, I have to tell you on this. This is so off-brand from my standpoint. For hell, I guess everybody involved, uh, the Cardinals, John Mazalak. And then Yadier Molina. I'm just really surprised by it. But at this point, let's let's dig into what this would look like. Yadier Molina. I could, I could be. I, let me make this clear. For a lot of the guys who have played here over the last however many years, not the the recent group, but the group certainly in the 2000s, just being around by proxy, you would get to know, and you kind of knew, you know, who you could kind of, you know, BS with, and you knew who to leave alone. What just like any in your place of business, your work, you know who you, you know. You understand the program. I don't know if I ever even did a one-on-one interview. I'm sure we had to have done one-on-one interviews with Yadier Molina. Not that how many interviews tells you, but what I'm trying to get to is this, Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yadier Molina just didn't put up with anything. Right. 
truly a running joke. I believe it was Jimmy the Cat Hayes, longtime co-host of The Morning Grind and TMA, and of course with Bailey's Sports Midwest. I think he was the one who said it's a running joke, but maybe he didn't. And then we would uh, make this observation when if there was a choice between the late great, let's say the late great Mike Shannon and the late great, uh, the late great Mike Shannon and Yadier Molina both decided to just park their cars in center field. Who would you go tell to move at first, and you would just let them play around him? Yeah, because nobody would say anything to Mike Shannon or Yadier Molina, because that's just the kind of way that it was. Right. So now you put that guy as a coach. First off, Ali Marmol. Right. How do you feel about that? Right. John Mazalak. How do you feel about it? I guess they got to be on board unless it's coming from on high mm. from the chairman's office or right. the eventual chairman's office. Right, right. Personally, as both a talk show host, podcast host, and lifelong Cardinal fan, I love it. I am stunned by it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Molina wants to do it, and I can't believe the Cardinals are going to do it. But it's great if they are, because if anything, they need to go off brand. They need to pivot substantially. And to me, this is the kind of pivot that I love to see because my fear is they're going to go, crap, we got to overpay for free agent pitchers. And all of a sudden, like the entire decade of the 2020s is tied to bad contracts that they can't overcome. Uh, But Molina ain't going to cost that. Mm Mm-mm. So I'm just, I'm truly surprised, but if it happens, I love it. Jackson, your reaction, Gabe DeArmond at 10.15, brought to you by uh, James Carlton, by the way, fight Tiger, beat Gamecock. We've talked so much about how last year was so strange, so out of the Cardinals' playbook to be in the situation they were in, but they're basically out of it by the All-Star break, if not before, well before. Hadn't happened in decades. Yep, and the... One constant through all those years of success in the 2000s, for the most part, I should say, was the idea of Molina. Him being on the team, whether, I don't, you know, it's tough to explain if you're not in the clubhouse, but he was the one constant through all of that. Uh, Wainwright to an extent as well. So we saw what the Cardinals looked like sans Yadi, and I think if you bring him back with the concerns you have for Wilson Contreras behind the plate, having someone like Yadi or Molina there is as ideal as it could ever be. Uh, if you're trying to attract free agent pitchers, if you're trying to help the pitching staff, having Yadi on the team is, in any capacity really, is such a benefit. It would generally surprise me. Yadi doesn't, but also Yadi was the way he was when he was playing. You know, he had another objective. When you're a coach, maybe the mindset's different and you're more open to talks with the media and kind of being that more. Well, I mean, vocal bench leader. coaches aren't necessarily talking with the media, managers are. Yeah. But I mean, at this moment, it's a bench, it's a, I mean, it's a coaching role. Mm hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I it's, this isn't a case of I've been around and you haven't. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just like, this is, there is, there is no more powerful force the organization could put in the clubhouse right. Good. than Yadi or Molina. More so than Albert Pujols, in my opinion, by the way. And that's not, that's not like Molina was a better player. I'm just right. talking about the personality. Right. That is a guy who, for example, and I may have told this little anecdote before, the 2004 Cardinals 
were stacked. A lot of people, even people who saw teams that were in the 1960s, you wouldn't, me didn't see those. Mm-hmm. I hold the 1985 Cardinals in the highest of esteem, but the 2004 Cardinals, the most stacked roster, right. certainly from a position player standpoint, didn't have the starting pitching. But And I remember asking, I don't know who it was, some guys on the team, because I was down there all the time, said, so who are the leaders? Pitching staff, Woody Williams, veteran, leads by example. Position player, you have the MV3, you have Pools, you have Roland, you have Edmonds. You had Larry Walker eventually after the trade deadline um, acquisition. Reggie Sanders, Edgar Renteria. The leader, Mike Matheny, who certainly was not a vocal, but he was a lead-by-example guy. His presence was the leadership. Molina is a lead-by-example and vocal guy. And his presence is he doesn't take anything and he gets fired up i mean it is a it's a hell of an ingredient i don't i mean i personally love it because i think it's going to be entertainment right but my god it's so off brand but you want to shake it up i don't know if you could shake it up any more than by bringing yadi or melina in one thing of you manager it's another thing it's like i feel like how on the totem pole of power there's bill dewitt Junior, there's Bill DeWitt the third, and then there's bench coach Yadier Molina, <laughs> right. and then there's Sean Mazalak and Ali Marmol and Michael Gersh. I mean, that's how I'm going to look at the chain of command. It's like if this were the FBI and we were doing the hearing in Godfather Two, I'd be like, oh, we got to do a little reorganization here. Yeah, uh, I am. I, I'll tell you what, I was prepared this offseason because I figured they're going to sign free agent pitchers and I'm going to be the guy when fans are excited about going, I think this is going to be a problem. I think this is going to be a problem because I thought there was no offseason move they could make because I just don't think that they're that close. And I feel like they're going to put bad contracts out there and they're going to get they're going to get tied down in the 2026, 2027 season with dead money. This move, if they do it, holy crap, I love it. it but it also has risk. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but it is a hell of a move if this is going to happen. And Polo Asensio this morning on the opening drive said his confidence level is at an 11 that Yadier Molina will be a coach with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2024. How about that? Your thoughts, 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. I assume Tiny Peepees in the YouTube chat running things. I'll go in there and I'll check. Uh, Gabe Diarman is going to join us. Jackson is headed to Columbia. All of the sororities are on alert. And so is Spencer Rattler. And Shane Beamer and his broken foot. Missouri, hoping to improve Jackson to seven and one. Is that right? Six and one, seven and one, They're eight and one, one, nine currently. and one, ten and one, eleven and one, twelve and one, thirteen and one, fourteen and one. They're currently six and one. Win here, seven and one, and that covers the over bet on the season. Oh, that's right. I get paid. Yep. Yep, I get about paid that. I've, I've kind of already just cashed the ticket, but I guess that makes it official. Uh, so there you go. That is coming up next. Brought to you by James Carlton, Gabe Yarman of Power Mizzou. He's got a great story on the Desiree Reed Francois. He's working on and a, and a wonderful quote in there. I want to talk about that. Some big recruiting news we had sent into TMA this morning. Uh, and of course, talking about the SEC and this weekend in college football. Roll damn tide taking on the volunteers seeking revenge. Maybe there's an upset coming on the plains between Hottie Toddy, Good God Almighty, and War Eagle. Talking with the Colonel of PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton. Coming up next here on Balloon Party, driven by Mung and Aston Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
We're talking Tigers football with Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he'll donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. I love that James Carlton Jackson. He's the best. He's my insurance agent, man. He's the best. Uh, Yeah, you're right. The YouTube is active. Uh, 101 ESPN YouTube channel. That's presented to you by the Airlines Team Studio Cameras. McLovin's in there. A pastry chef named Mesfin. Let's see. uh, Atala Alia Tim? Nice. I'm glad that McLovin's in there. Yeah. Brian Lamar. Brandon Watson. Tommy Summers. Uh, Jeff, do you say close or Kloss? I think we decided on Kloss. Miles Berger. Oh, I know. Callus Coitus. Yeah, that's always tough. Uh, oh, and then Dotum just popped up. And he just asked, well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who's running things? Tiny PP. Tiny PP runs things in St. Louis. You know who runs things in Columbia? The Colonel. Most days, but not tomorrow. Tomorrow's your day. That's right. Jackson's going to homecoming. Morning, Colonel. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. You sound like the chipper chicken. I'm good. Yeah, it's a nice day. Nothing to do, you know, except this fine radio program. So, you know, <laughs> shut it down after this. January. <laughs> Why don't you go out and ball strike? See if you can hit the ball right to left today. I gave that up a while ago. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. All right. Uh, Colonel, uh, I, I, there, I got so much go, to ask you, but I want to start here because otherwise I have a feeling I may forget. You know, I'm a big PowerMizzou.com guy, loyal subscriber, got hit with the bill about three weeks ago for the annual, thought I might get comped, nothing doing, maybe we'll hope for next year. This is me passive-aggressively asking yeah, for we, it. We can, we can work on that. Yes! Yeah. Take that, Jackson. Um, but I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, we, we're the only thing in America that hasn't raised our prices since two thousand one. But oh, is that right? right? Yeah, what's going on? You, I mean, need, I you need to talk to the guy in charge. I just know we haven't. I don't. I don't know what else. Yeah. I'm know. a loyal subscriber. All right, there you go. Loyal subscribers here on this program. Uh, but I thought the story that you have coming up on Desiree Reed Francois. Uh, and I realize if you if you're a casual fan of Missouri or a casual observer of college football, you're like, why are we talking about the athletic director? I might not even know that name. Now, of course, Missouri fans know that name, and uh, and you're going to be writing about her. But uh, something that really got the, the the readers on PowerMizzou.com going yesterday was the quote that she uh, ended her conversation with you. And I'd be paraphrasing it here, and I don't want to destroy the story, but she talked about the decision she had to whether or not to pursue the job in Columbia a few years ago and how her son was uh, involved in the basketball program as a walk-on. And she said, she, you know, people have to understand it, it is a professional decision to come here, but I, it's also personal. And she considers this opportunity special. And I think this the current feeling surrounding Missouri athletics, both basketball and football, but just as a whole, a lot of people are attributing it to the work that she's done at a really grassroots level in addition to the donors and working with the coaches uh, on NIL. What is it that in you covering the program that you see that she has done differently that has made her work have the kind of results it has so far? Yeah, I mean, it's a couple things. She came in and, and immediately kind of addressed all the things that fans have complained about um, at, at football or basketball games. And they're things that look up in my ivory tower in the press box. I don't really pay any attention to. I haven't been to a game at Pro Field as a fan since, uh, since I think, 1994. So, 
you know, I, I don't know about a lot of these things, but it was the cover up the track or get rid of the track. Um, the concessions need to be faster. The, you know, some of the things that the games need to work better. The seats at Mizzou Arena are a color that looks bad on TV. All these things that, you know, I don't know. They don't matter to me, but obviously they do matter to fans. And she's done, she said she does about 10,000. They send out about 10,000 surveys after every uh, athletic event and get feedback football games. I'm sure it's not that many in other sports, but get feedback about what's important to fans, what they want to change. She has addressed the vast majority of those things. And what I've thought about Desiree really since the day she took the job, people in that position and people in my position tend to have a very transactional relationship, right? Hey, here's a microphone. Can you say some things? What can you do for me? What can I do for you? Whatever. I, and not that, like, I got along with Mike Alden. I liked Mac Rhodes, you know, got along fine with Jim Sterk. But she is just a little bit more human than a lot of people in that position are. She comes by press row before every game, and she asks about your family and your kids. And, she, you know, there have been some stories on our message board uh, where she has gone out of her way to interact with, with our subscribers' kids at events, things like that. She came by. She and her husband came by our tailgate um, before the first game of the year, and shook hands and met a lot of people and whether that's a you know if you're not winning nobody cares about that stuff right oh, great she's a nice person nobody cares right. win games but when you are winning uh, you know you can you can kind of tie that I, I think she's genuine you know and and i know that doesn't matter to some people but i think it does matter to a lot of people and i think it's made a big difference with missouri fans and then look she's gone out she hired a hell of a basketball coach the football coach that she was here uh, that was here when she took the job is is now winning and recruiting at levels we've never seen. So I, I mean, to be honest, I started our interview yesterday. I said this is going to be the easiest interview you've ever done because it, it's all positive. I'm, I'm not here to ask about what's going wrong. And and that's the thing that that I, that I think the the genuine leadership skills translates to a staff. And yes, you're exactly right from a fan standpoint. Hey, win. I don't, you're kind, that's wonderful, but to a staff, and then if it sets a tone for a culture in a building, especially one that may have been struggling, uh, then then you can have some momentum, and that's certainly what the program has, uh, and, and then I'm going to I'm gonna work backwards here, we're going inverted pyramid, uh, Jackson, uh, let's go uh, to... Wow, that's, a, that's a big J term there. Huh? Yeah, and I didn't even graduate, as you know, but uh, I know <laughs> about the inverted pyramid. I, I, I'll be honest, I don't really know what it means, but... <laughs> Let's let's talk about what's going on. We had uh, you, you know Larry Thornton. He used to produce at KSDK. He's a TMA listener, uh, and he texted in something that you had written about a couple weeks ago as uh, your understanding with regards to what's going on in the football recruiting front. Uh, and you said Ryan Wingo and McClellan when they were hanging out with Winery at the LSU game that your understanding is that contrary to what logic may dictate, that if you have Burden, McClellan, and Wingo in addition to others, all on one wide receiving core, that maybe that might not be enough uh, touches for take your pick of whichever individual, and so they might not be as inclined to go to Columbia if one went. Whereas your reporting is if one goes there, it increases the chances that McClellan would decommit from Ohio State. And he was saying that his understanding is uh, McClellan is going to decommit should Wingo uh, indeed commit this coming Wednesday 
to Missouri. This is something you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Missouri fans love your recruiting reports, especially when it is good news. Right now, yeah. Yeah, right now you couldn't be more popular. Yeah, um, no, I think, you know, I've heard for a couple of months now that Jeremiah and Ryan have talked about going to Missouri together um, and and playing on the same team. They're friends. You you guys know how how these relationships in St. Louis work. All these kids have have played together for, you know, Mookie Cooper and Luther Burton have known each other since they were like five, six years old playing JFL ball and stuff like that. So a lot of these kids know each other, um, and it's something that, that they've definitely talked about now. I would stop short of saying it's going to happen simply because I've followed recruiting long enough to know that nothing happens until it actually happens. I, I feel pretty confident, despite what he's saying publicly, that Ryan Wingo knows where he's going to school. I feel pretty confident Jeremiah McClellan knows where Ryan Wingo is going to school. Uh, McClellan is visiting Ohio State this weekend for the Ohio State-Penn State game. I don't think it's a stretch to say that will be an impressive atmosphere. Yeah. And the way programs at Ohio State's level work, it is certainly possible that McClellan goes up there and Ryan Day and Brian Hartline and that staff say, look, stop the messing around. You're either in or you're not in, and we need to know. And look, that sometimes that works on kids. Sometimes they say, yeah, I'm in, and they shut it down, and he could certainly still end up at Ohio State. But I, I think there is probably an equal chance that he comes back off that visit, and at some point between now and December 20th, and some people tend to believe it sooner rather than later, ends up uh, switching to Missouri. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Jackson, you were uh, talking about uh, Quaintance and yeah, what's going on Jane there. Uh, Jane Quaintance, he's uh, what, going to Kentucky this weekend, Colonel? It is actually now next weekend. He was going to go week. this weekend. It's pushed back to next weekend. Um, that He's a five-star player in basketball. We have him as the number 11 player in the country. Um, I, our understanding, it, it is most likely Missouri, Kentucky, or the G League Ignite, which is the you know, kind of the developmental arm of the NBA's G League. Um, he has to go somewhere for two years. He just turned 16 in, I don't know, it was June or July. So he's not NBA draft eligible uh, until he spends two years somewhere. Uh, we believe those are the three contenders. We have had some people that we trust tell us that they think he is leaning toward Missouri. But again, you know, it has to happen. Um, you know, two weeks ago, Ryan Wingo was leaning toward Texas, according right. to everything we'd heard. So things happen, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But that's kind of right now, Dennis Gates has the number one class in the country. I don't know if it can stay there because Duke and Kentucky are in on some of the top uncommitted kids, including the number one player in the country that haven't committed yet. But if they get acquaintance, I'm very confident it's one of the top three classes in the country and possibly number one. And he would be the last player, right? If they were to sign him, that'd be the last true freshman? High school-wise, and and even if they don't sign him, I don't think they sign another high school player. I think they they save any spots they end up with for the portal. Right. Gabe Yarman with us here on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan Aston Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. You can watch on YouTube as uh, many uh, are uh, interacting in our chat, and you can do so as well, or text in 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line, Gabe, brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at carltoninsurance.net. You can read them at powermazoo.com. It is a well-worth-it subscription. Uh, Colonel, let's get to the homecoming festivities at 2.30 tomorrow. I am of the opinion 
that if Missouri can indeed win this game, it is likely that by the time they go between the hedges on November 4th, that they are a top 15 team because they will be off next week and there will just be some attrition in front of them and they will just ascend uh, during the bye week. Uh, Assuming Georgia beats Florida in Jacksonville, that would set up what CBS could hype as the SEC East showdown. Now, certainly around the country, few would give Missouri a chance. The reason I bring this up is you already have incredible positive momentum for the program, the athletic department, the basketball program with the recruiting news, where the football team is, that if you could just get this win tomorrow, it gives you essentially two more weeks of positive PR, especially with what could come into play with some off-field slash recruiting news that could go on between the South Carolina game and the Georgia game. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I mean, that's all 100% correct. They are setting up for November 5th to be the game they all came here to play, right? The biggest game of anybody's life in that program. But for that to happen, they have to win Saturday. And I always go back to what Gary Pinkle always said in, you know, 07, 2010, 13, when they were, were making these runs, every game gets bigger as long as you keep winning. But you have to win. You know, if Missouri loses to South Carolina tomorrow, yeah, the Georgia game's big. I mean, they could still maybe get back in the East race by winning that and, and, and some things. But it's not – some things fall off the table if you lose that South Carolina game. So, you know, Missouri's a better team, I, I think. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of doubt. If they go play well, they should win. But this is not a, a game that, that's like it, it's you can't draw up a scenario where South Carolina wins it. So Missouri's going to have to come out and, and, and give a representative effort, and I think – Played probably an A or a B game, and the and the thing about South Carolina, you know, the, the spread the spread my my place where I enjoy wagering uh, has moved it up to nine. I've seen it as low at one point during this week as six. Jackson, you were seeing seven and a half this seven morning. And a half, yeah. The thing about South Carolina is if you just glance at them, you go, oh, they're two and four, but they lost to North Carolina, who I think could be live to win the ACC and kind of flying under the radar because of Florida State and they're just not a brand name. They lost to Georgia, where they were leading fourteen to three at the half. They lost in Knoxville, where that Tennessee offense actually got things going, which may be representative of the South Carolina defense, and scored 41 points to beat them. And then they had the disastrous loss last week after they blew it with 10-point lead late against Florida, and Shane Beamer kicked something to break his foot. Point being, they haven't they haven't lost a butt asses. I mean, they've lost to some legitimate teams. Their record uh, indicates they've been you know up against some some really tough opposition. The question with South Carolina really surrounds their ability to stop uh, offenses and uh, Missouri's passing game in particular could be the challenge. So how do you see this matchup? Well, I think this is the second straight week that Missouri kind of faces a team that they really only have one way to beat you. Kentucky had to run the defense. South Carolina has to throw the heck out of the ball and win a shootout. I I don't see any other way it happens. Um, I look at Missouri and while I don't see a lot of things that I say they're exceptional. Like, I think they probably have the best receiver in the SEC, made, or one of the two best receivers in the SEC and in the country. But outside of that, like, I don't think they have the best passing game, the best running game, the best defense, but they're solid at everything. Right. South Carolina right now has Spencer Rattler to Xavier Leggett and really not much else. Their offensive line gave up nine sacks to North Carolina. I think they give up like four a game. Uh, they can't run the ball very well, and they don't play very good defense. But – 
you know, there is a scenario where Rattler comes in and throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns and, and Missouri's in a fight at the end. Um, so, again, I think if Missouri plays a, a solid game, I, I think they should win. But, you know, they, they can get beat. Uh, and I've got two games in the SEC that I have circled. Uh, certainly, Tennessee and Roll Todd won. And then I'm, I, I have officially notified Lane Kiffin that he is on upset alert. Uh, he has not texted oh, no. me back yet. Oh, no. Yeah, he's on upset alert, uh, given six points no. on the planes tomorrow night. Don't see that at all. Auburn's offense is terrible. No, well, then let's Venmo up. for rolls. How much you want to roll for? Uh, Next year's subscription? I, I, no, I, I don't do that. The last game I gambled on, Ron Dane played in college. So oh, that's oh wow. Good. Guess you weren't uh, one of my customers. Yeah, but uh, no, I actually, I kind of like Tennessee, and I probably shouldn't because they're not very good on the road, and Alabama just keeps kind of winning very unimpressively. But I, I kind of like uh, Josh Heupel tomorrow. Wow. You think Tennessee goes into Tuscaloosa? When Nick Saban's looking for vengeance shot. after last year and takes care of business? I think they got a shot. Yeah. Wow. So you're putting Nick I, Saban I, I on upset alert? I'm putting Lane Kiffin on upset alert. I, I think the winning team in that game might not score 20 points. The under is probably a nice play. I would I would agree with that. 47 and a half is a total. And 45 and a half for Ohio State and Penn State. And 32 and a half for Iowa and Minnesota. Incre- I mean... And Minnesota is not going to score eight. So. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Take it from there. Uh, for the record, Tennessee would have Kentucky and UConn. That's not a basketball schedule. They would have Kentucky and UConn before they would come to Columbia if if they would get past Alabama. But they have to go to Lexington to play uh, Kentucky for the record. Well, in the East, I mean, there's a lot to decide because people will build Missouri-Georgia as like the East title game if Missouri and But there's still more work to do if that were to happen. Georgia plays Florida tomorrow. Neither one of them played Tennessee yet. You know, those teams, the only game that's been played between those teams is Florida-Tennessee, and Florida won it. So there, there's a lot to be determined over the last five weeks of the year. Yeah, Georgia still would have, uh, of course, Missouri, but also Ole Miss and Tennessee. And Missouri, even if they were to pull off the miracle between the hedges, would have Tennessee and Florida and Arkansas all left. Gabe DeArmond, you can read him at powermazoo.com. He's brought to you every Friday here on Balloon Party by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Uh, Gabe, a lot of people in the YouTube chat want me to ask about it. I, I wouldn't, but they want me to. Uh, your thoughts on the, uh, what do you call them, the outfits? Yeah, um, they're for the, I don't know how many games Missouri has played in its history, but, uh, you know, for the thousand straight game or whatever, Missouri will wear clothes. <laughs> That's big. And for the 33rd year in a row that the game is going to be televised. And you can also figure out where that's at. There it is. Gabe uh, always likes to break down the uniforms and they will wear clothes tomorrow. So that is a one-on-one ESPN exclusive. Colonel, thank you so much. Enjoy the festivities tomorrow. All right, guys. Have a good one. There he is. The great Gabriel P.D. Armand. He is a colonel. <laughs> yeah hates the uniform talk. <laughs> They're going to be wearing clothes. <laughs> but he has confirmed it, so that's an exclusive. Uh, your thoughts are always welcome. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. The YouTube chat, I would describe it as hot. I would describe it as naughty, especially now that Brian Lamar and Tom Summers are talking with Clayton Davis and Tiny PP and Jackson Sports Management Professor. Good dude. How about that? So he's in there. Uh I mean, I feel like the show has already reached a crescendo, but alas, we haven't even touched the Angry Beaver six-shooter. Pew, 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 pew. That's coming your way in the second half of Balloon Party, driven by Mungan, Aston Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. 
right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A Friday tradition unlike any other. Let's spin the chamber for the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Presented by the Angry Beaver. Now offering free shuttles to and from all Blues home games. Max Balloon Party, 101 ESPN, driven by Munganas, Burkhardt, Alton, Toyota. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Another, what do we got here, Jackson? 15 minutes. Oh, boy, I'm already supposed to be in break now. Right, isn't it? Got away from us. Me and the Colonel get going. Start talking uniforms, our favorite color schemes. I love talking to the Colonel. Uh, yeah, I'm a big Colonel guy. Uh, read him at PowerMizzou.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Angry Beaver Six Shooter. Come on in. The water is warm on YouTube in particular. Eric Nickens is in. Hi, Eric. Did you hear my name there in the, uh, not in the Piddles part, but the rejoin? That made me feel good. Oh, you hadn't been in there before? What, did, what does it say? It's, you know, back to the balloon party with Tim McCurran and Action Jackson. Oh, wow. You're in there. I really like that. Guess I got to talk to my agent. Right. right. That was a big uh, wow. point of consternation. Not supposed to be in there. Not supposed to be in there. Yeah, I'm actually actually not even supposed to be on camera. Like, I'm just supposed to be. That's correct. And I'm supposed to be shot through a filter. Simple Shepherd. <laughs> right. Well, you're already top lit and I'm over here. I'm sitting on three pillows and I'm shot through a filter. Right. Do you know I have to sit on pillows when I did my sports cast in Little Rock? Seriously? Yeah. You just sit on pillows? Pillows of all things. Like, let's at least use phone books. Right. Like Mickey Carroll had I to I feel stand like on. you would need way more pillows because you'd sink into them, whereas a phone book is taut. God. And I look back on them and go, how was I not, like, emasculated by that? Somehow I'm just like, of course I'm sitting on pillows. I'm part of the lollipop guild. That's, that's real. Yeah. I mean, a peek behind the curtain, you're really not that short. So, like, that really does yeah, surprise we me. We got to keep the ruse going. Yeah. I apologize. You're five. One? Five, two and a half. Got it. That's yeah. what the lifts. Yeah. All Do right. you have any questions here for this six shooter brought to us by the wonderful people at Angry Beaver? Question one. You heard them in the Sports Center update. The Blues lose to the Coyotes yeah. six to two last I was, night. I was there last night with my wife and my son. Saw some balloon party people, TMA people, balloon party people. That's awesome. Yep. Love the people to support. Are you concerned for the Blues' ability to score this season? Do you see this as somewhat of a new unit that's pretty young, getting used to it and finding their groove, or is this something to expect for the season? Uh, I don't know where the people are. And we're covering it all today. We are. I mean, we the Cardinals and the Molina thing with the Polo interview on uh, opening drive, the Colonel brought to you by James Carlton with Missouri and South Carolina, and Lane Kiffin is on upset alert on the planes. And Gabe's got Nick Saban on upset alert uh, in Tuscaloosa. But sweet mother of mercy, I don't know where the people are here. But I walked out of that building last night, and as I tell my son, the games during the week, they only play two periods. But it was enough for me to say to my uh, lovely Italian-American wife, I don't think that's a really good hockey team. Mm. Because, you know, I listen to Curbside Podcast in the morning, I'm on my way out here. And I was wondering, I was really curious. Like I saw it was 25 minutes and I thought, dear God, how did Kerber and Joey do 25 minutes on a Thursday night ass kicking by the Coyotes in October? But the thing is, there's kind of a lot to get to in the sense that, oh boy, you just got, I mean, waxed. Yeah, that second period was rough. Yeah. And that's the one where we weren't hanging out eating concessions. I mean, my son should weigh like 250 <laughs> pounds at six years old after what he put down last night. But uh, that that was alarming. I mean, poor Tal, man. He was, he was mid-toss after the first goal. 
third goal of the year uh, for the team. And he, I guess if you count the shootout goal, hell, I don't know. Point is, they're not scoring a lot. And the Coyotes had already scored. I think it was 42 they seconds were, later. Yeah, they, were, they were still announcing who had scored and assisted in the yeah, goal. So, and yeah. Arizona scored. And I kind of was like, oh, I see him on the rush. And I'm like, oh, this is the last thing they need is for the for Arizona Coyotes. Jackson's mad at their sweaters. Ugh. And the green on the... What's up with the green? There it is. Uh, and I'm like, oh, there it is. And it was kind of a softy, I thought. You know, sure. Joey Vitale yeah, said that on the podcast. I mean, they're not winning face-offs. They're on their heels. And the thing is, they're playing this system, which I get the sense Kerber isn't a big fan of, but maybe I'm reading between the lines. I don't know. He might text me right now to correct me. I don't know, but I was reading between the lines. I'm a curbside podcast listener. I don't know. Because if if they have a night where they aren't working defensively, they don't have the firepower to go, okay, well, we're just going to outscore them. Like, they had to last year. Mm-hmm. They kind of were Tennessee last year. They're going Tennessee this year now. And by that I mean the system lends itself to getting so few pucks on net. I think what they have 24 shots. Arizona had 42. <laughs> That's a bad. And the thing is this isn't the Edmonton Oilers of the 1980s. It's the effing 2023 Arizona Coyotes. And you go, "Oh boy." Right. I don't and, and if Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo aren't doing it, who is going to? Right. And if Bennington isn't in between That's the, the other thing. I don't think it would have mattered last night, but at the same time, I think Joey said he thought two or three were a little questionable. I don't know. I was like, I'm gonna like tonight's the night they show that they can turn it on offensively, and then I'm watching. Oh boy, yeah. where where is that offense? Well, and now here's the thing. Also, at the same time, for perspective, I think everyone kind of knew that this wasn't going to be a roster chalk full of. Of talent, but the first couple of games you go okay. This defensive system it's kept the chances in check, and then last night, you know, I think uh, with the three, the goals were off turnovers, and all the turnovers were converted into goals, yeah, and boom, and it just it just was ugly. It was ugly, lacking scoring opportunities. I would like to think that will be one of the worst games they play this year. My fear is it may not be. Jackson, that's how I summarize it. 1051 time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. We'll close out things here on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan Asperger, Art Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party for the week. Jackson's heading to Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, tomorrow morning. Homecoming. Tomorrow morning. All right. Tomorrow morning. I'd like to apologize. No, that's cool. Apologies are the theme of October 20th, 2023. Yes, yeah. It is. Jackson, do you have any other questions here on this Angry Beaver Six Shooter for Friday, October 20th, 2023 on 101 ESPN and on the Air Alliance team studio cameras on YouTube for Tiny PP or Tom Summers? Well, I need a quick hitter here because we're a little on time, but I'm going. I'm going to go one of two options. Not one's non-sports, one sports. I'll I like, say non-sports. Yes. All right. Uh, I'm going to talk fashion. Do you ever? Oh, okay. Sports. Damn it. Fine. Is this my uniforms? No. Okay. I'll, I, I feel like I'm going to trust your instincts here. Maybe this is against my better judgment. Do you ever? Do you ever... I, I think you're. I think you're. I don't think you're going to lead us astray. Well, I might, but okay. It's with good intentions. Okay. But they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. 
Do you ever make fashion faux pas? Do you ever match navy blue with back black? What about matching your belt to your shoes? Do you ever make any fashion faux pas and you're just, you know what, own it? I feel like you're about to like, those like Seinfeld and he's trying out material and I walked into Gotham Comedy Club and oh, Jerry Seinfeld's pretty, if you're going to do a bit, no bits. No bit. No, I just add, you know. Are you sharpshooting me? Because yesterday we got the new TMA, Some People Like Things hoodie, and I put it on to show all the people on the YouTube that I was wearing it, but I was wearing navy shorts. No. But since people can't see my shorts, kind of like when Malcolm Briggs would anchor sportscast, they don't know that I was clashing. And I feel like you're passive-aggressively calling me out right now. And you're doing it on the air, and I think that's wrong, and I think it's beneath you. No, no, I am a leader. I'm one of the leading voices in navy, blue, and black do, in fact, work oh, together. Wow. And people Look at Mr. Are, Blackwell here. People are crazy to say otherwise. Um, I just wondered, you know, if you had any things like that, that you're just like, you know what? I understand that people don't like that, but I'm going to do it. Sometimes when I'm wearing lifts, I'll forget to wear the one in my right shoe. And so I'm like walking. Kind of like the caddy in Happy Gilmore. Eugene Levy in Best in Show. Right. I hear you. Yeah, I can decide. Well, what's the point of the question? Uh, it's, 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 it's just a kind of thought exercise. It out there. So yeah. clearly you didn't have enough. Oh, I had enough. Go. I got plenty. Well, let me ask about black and navy blue. Well, I got a question that if I started asking, we'd be out of time by the time we got done asking the question. Okay, I want to hear that. All right. Growing up, I always felt the Missouri... Is this timely or is this evergreen? Timely. Okay, then let's go. Up until Wednesday. Growing up, I always felt that Missouri was a safety school for people around me, including athletes. We have talked before about Ezekiel Elliott, an STL product, choosing Ohio State over Missouri and the dominoes that fell afterwards of people going away from Columbia. If Missouri is successful in getting Ryan Wingo and McClellan on top of having Burden, Brady Cook, Schrader, could the worm officially turn and St. Louis's top-rated recruits would have to be swayed away from Columbia as opposed to the inverse? Do you think this development could help St. Louis further adopt Missouri as their college team, regardless of their academic background? Well, everything has changed with three letters, Jackie Papers, and those letters are NIL. Yeah. So it's not apples to apples. Uh, but because of that and because of the state law with it, you're seeing how things have changed. And I think once people go there and then can experience it, I've always said we have a, we have a title of one of the Tim McKernan Show podcasts like three weeks ago, and I believe it was titled, Why Not Missouri? Right. That's why when Missouri fans, and I'm not saying everybody does this, but it's like, oh, they already clinched a bull bid. If you have a program, you clinched a bull bid. Really? For real? I mean, what are we here to do? Are we here to show up at a cubicle and collect a paycheck? Are we trying to get the place in Malibu or Palm Beach? It's up to you, but you only got a few years left, brother. And I'm here to win championships. If you want to collect a paycheck, that's fine. Feed the family. But you know what? I want warm weather year-round, and I want to enjoy myself at a high level. And therefore, I want to dream about a national championship, not go to the Poland Weedier Bowl in Shreveport. Piss off with that. All right? You understand me? Navy blue on black, filling time with fashion questions, insulting the angry beaver people. I got to call and apologize to the angry beaver people. How about that? They're going to be furious. I like blacked out there for a second. Are we still talking fashion? I think we're in the 11 o'clock hour. Right, that's probably time to go. Yep. Uh, BK and Ferrario are up next with uh, BK and Ferrario, ironically named. <laughs> uh, time for us to shut it down. For Action Jackson, I am Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganast, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.